I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo play this is the great peterson experience he was like a god walking amongst mere mortals he had a voice that could make a wolverine purr on vsin the sports betting network it is our number two of the great peterson experience right here on vsin the sports betting network and we've got a tremendous hour for you first things first Big thanks to the folks that join me in our number one. Pam Maldonado does amazing work over there at Yahoo Sportsbook. And Patrick Everson does tremendous work over at Covers. They join me in the last three segments. Take a look at what we're going to be getting on this NFL Sunday. With Pam, we talked about the big 12 games that we're going to be getting this Saturday in college football. And since we had a lot of football in our number one, going to go a little bit more baseball here. We're going to lead off the first two segments, sockets of baseball. I'll give you guys my DK Nation pick here in segment number one in about 15 minutes. Eli Hershkovich, he does a great job over at the lines, taking a look at a little bit of everything over there as we're going to be joined by him talking some baseball to start out with. We're going to transition to a little NFL and he, much like myself, absolutely loves college basketball. We'll give you college basketball preview along the way as well. We've been hitting upon quite a few conferences as we are now if you're out there on the East Coast, I'm going to double-check, do the math. Yep, we are now 16 days away from the start of the college basketball season, 17 if you're out here on the West Coast. So we have got a lot going on there, and I'm hard at work trying to get set for the upcoming college basketball season. So yeah, you guys covered there. And then in hour number three, we'll be hitting upon a little NBA. We'll be hitting upon a little UFC. So you guys are just getting a little bit of everything tonight. And that's courtesy of our wonderful producer, Jason Conner, who does an amazing job setting up all these great guest lists and keeping me in line in general. So a big thanks to him. We've got a new guy on the staff, Inaramis, doing absolutely amazing work for us as well. Taylor, he gets me set up on audio. And then everything that you see on the screen in terms of graphics, that is courtesy of Nick, our technical director. And we're watching so many different places now. YouTube TV, I know that we've got obviously vsin.com for all of you subscribers, but the list goes on and on, and it has been growing in terms of the iHeartRadio app for those of you guys that are listening there. Also, a bunch of terrestrial radio stations. So, always appreciate all of you guys that you tune in, whether you're just listening, whether you are watching, and we got you guys covered all night long. As we got you covered in terms of this Major League Baseball game as well. As NLCS Game 3 is going to be going down on Friday. This is 971-972 on the board with the Padres trotting out there. Joe Musgrove for a road start. And Ranger Suarez, he's going to be getting the ball for the Philadelphia Phillies. Right now, you've got the San Diego Padres as a very slight favorite. Anywhere between minus 108 to a minus 113. If you're looking at the Phillies, you're going to be getting as good as a plus 103 price, as bad as a minus 110. And 
This total has really locked in at a 7.5. A little bit of juice on the under, mostly seeing minus 115 out there. And with regards to my write-up, I'm going to be going with the San Diego Padres on the money line, set them more around a minus 124 favorite. And I've just been really impressed by Joe Musgrove in general. This is absolutely insane what he's done in his last six starts. Three runs allowed in his last six starts. He has been phenomenal for this San Diego Padres team. You may recall his last road start. That was that infamous start against the New York Mets where he had more ears checked than he gave up hits. He had both of his ears checked for foreign substances. He gave up one hit. So he's been able to do a very rock solid job. And he's went six plus innings at each out of his last three starts as well. So has really been able to lend some nice length. The walks have been a little bit of an issue. He's been giving up about 2.2 walks per start over his last five. But still, he's still been able to do a relatively solid job overall for the year. 2.1 walks for nine innings. I don't think that you have trepidations there. And if you have trepidations in terms of the walks of Joe Musgrove, look no further than Ranger Suarez, who... He, this season, has been giving up more like 3.4 to 3.5 walks per nine innings. And when it comes to Ranger Suarez, it wasn't too bad of a start in terms of the runs allowed the last time out. He went against the Atlanta Braves, and he gave up one run, which on the surface, you're thinking, oh, that's not too bad. But he only went three and a third innings, walked five. And the big trepidation you've got with that is that the Philadelphia Phillies may by far the worst bullpen remaining of the last four teams. And as a matter of fact, for the Philadelphia Phillies post-All-Star break among National League teams during the regular season. They had the worst bullpen ERAs. It was a little bit north of five, and you saw that bullpen act up in game number two. The Philadelphia Phillies had a four-to-nothing lead. If you had the first five in that game, I don't have anything physically right now that I could pour out for you, but just imagine me pouring out some bottle of insert-your-favorite liqueur and or soda here because, boy, that was relatively rough, but... For the Phillies, what they're able to do is they are able to supply the boom, but they're a little bit more inconsistent with regards to their offense. This is a Phillies team that, honestly, out of the four teams remaining, I think that they've got the highest variance. They could go out there and they could win this game, but they could also go out there and lay a big, giant dirt. You don't know what you're going to be able to get out of this team because with Philadelphia Phillies, you do have Kyle Schwarber. He's been able to go deep 46 times this season, and he had that 488-foot home run. And we saw in game one, but also for Kyle Schwarber, overall in the postseason, he's played in eight games and he's had three hits. So that's not necessarily too terrific. And during the regular season at about a 215, Reese Hoskins has not been good here in the postseason. Buck 71 on base, buck 47 batting average. Had that nice home run against the Atlanta Braves where he had the epic bike or bat spike, but still not too great there. It's really been Bryce Harper who's been carrying the mail for this team. In his 35 games coming off of the injured list during the regular season, he was hitting just below the Mendoza line of 200, and he had just three home runs, four home runs here in the postseason, hitting a 419. So he certainly has been the constant, but you need guys like Gene Segura, Alec Bohm, Bryson Stott towards the bottom of the fold to just move the line in general, and they haven't been able to get a whole heck lot of that. Meanwhile, for the San Diego Padres, the team is significantly better with their offense when they are on the road rather than at home. As a matter of fact, for the San Diego Padres, right around five runs per contest on the road thus far this season. And when it comes to they've been able to do at home only 3.7 runs per game and Manny Machado has really been the constant for the team all season long both in the regular season and the postseason leading the team in terms of batting average and home runs both here in the postseason and in the regular season 306 average three home runs during the regular season he went deep I believe about 30 or so times hitting nearly a 300 and the numbers for this guy aren't necessarily too demonstrative hitting a 222 but Jake Cronenworth in the biggest of spots he's been able to come up with some nice hits for the San Diego Padres team as well. And I was talking about how with the Philadelphia Phillies, the bottom of the fold has not necessarily come to the forefront for them. The guys that you wouldn't expect for the San Diego Padres, they haven't been able to. Austin Nola got the better of his brother, which really sparked that run that we saw from the San Diego Padres in the fifth inning in game two and got them the W. He's hitting over a 300 here in the postseason as during the regular season. Guys like he, Jerks and Profar, Juan Soto, Hassam Kim, these guys all the way between about a 238 to a 250 or so. But here in the postseason, Austin Nola saved his best for it. Trent Grisham hit below a 200 during the regular season. But here in the postseason, three home runs, north of a 400 base. That has been big. And I mentioned it with the Philadelphia Phillies. Their biggest disadvantage in this game, in my opinion, it is the bullpen. And for the San Diego Padres, the bullpen during the regular season wasn't supreme by any stretch of the imagination. They were 14th in the league in terms of ERA, right around a 383. But here in the postseason, 
They've got the best bullpen ERA among National League teams, and it's really not a fair fight for the San Diego Padres. Right around 202 bullpen ERA here in the playoffs. Meanwhile, the Philadelphia Phillies, <clears throat> excuse me, the Philadelphia Phillies here in the postseason, they've got a four bullpen ERA, and they're getting me all choked up because it's been really tough to take a look at the Philadelphia Phillies bullpen thus far. But when it comes to the San Diego Padres, what you've got right now is, in my opinion, the most dominant closer remaining in the postseason of Josh Hader. Someone who is really dealing with his issues towards the back half of his tenure with the Milwaukee Brewers. And then on top of that, when he got to San Diego, it was just a hot mess in those first, like, 10 or so appearances, but he's not went 15 straight appearances without an earned run allowed. There was an unearned run allowed, but he has been able to do a really nice job with this team. And then Steven Wilson, right around a three ERA during the regular season. Robert Suarez has been able to step up. He had a sub three ERA. I like the way that Nick Martinez has been able to find his way in the bullpen as well. So I do think that you've got good value here on the San Diego Padres. I'm going to lay up to a minus 124 with them. So that is going to be what the DK Nation write-up is going to be based around. And laid it out with the Philadelphia Phillies. I do think that they're going to have a little bit of a rough time in terms of being able to get to Joe Musgrove. Though I still think that they're going to be able to eke out a couple of runs. What I think is really going to be carrying the day for the Padres is being able to get to Rangers for us. Someone who's had a rough time in general of just being able to have command and being able to go deep into games. And when you pair that with a bullpen that is not necessarily so supreme and a Phillies team that... They're probably going to be trotting out there the poo-poo platter of Noah Thor Syndergaard and Bailey Falter in game number four. That does not land itself very well for the Philadelphia Phillies. I'm looking at this total over and my write-up that is going to be for the San Diego Padres. And we're seeing a little bit of an initial line right now at a lot of books for game number three of the ALCS as well. This one is a little bit more of a look at line and this is going to be a game that is going to be happening on Saturday. And right now you've got the Houston Astros. In terms of what we're going to be getting on Saturday, being between about a plus 120 to a plus 140 underdog, between minus 140 to a minus 155 in terms of the New York Yankees. As we know that it's going to be Garrett Cole who is going to be taking the bump for the New York Yankees. A little bit more mystery around what we're going to be getting on the flip side for the Houston Astros. But you know that Garrett Cole, he is really going to be sort of the only hope right now for the New York Yankees. And I would suspect that we're probably going to be getting Lance McCullers Jr. for the Houston Astros. Keep in mind, he started game three against the Seattle Mariners, and he looked very good in that game. Got a little bit of trepidation there. And on the DraftKings line, right now, you're finding the Yankees at a minus 140. And if you like the New York Yankees, you want to take them right now at DraftKings because, for one, a lot of other places, you're finding that between minus 150 to a minus 155. And if it isn't Lance McCullers Jr., and it's someone like a Christian Javier, and especially if it would be a Luis Garcia, and I don't think that we're going to get Luis Garcia. I think that it's going to be Lance McCullers Jr., but even if it is confirmed to be Lance McCullers Jr., I do think that this is a line that is going to be going up a little bit. So if you like the New York Yankees with Garrett Cole, you want to take that right now. But that said, I'm taking a look at this line, and if we do get Lance McCullers Jr., like I'm thinking, the plus 140 that I'm currently seeing right out here in Las Vegas that's calling my name. Yankees just look a little bit outmatched in the series. I think that the Yankees should be a favorite, but that said, I was only able to set them at a minus 128 personally. So I do think that there's a little bit of value on the Astros end. We're going to be diving into the ALCS as a whole and take a look at what we're going to be getting in Padres versus Phillies on Friday next with Eli Hershkovich of the Lions right here on VEASAN, Esports Bank Network. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Make game day just a little bit more chill with some extra cash. Play for free during the college football season with the Coors like College Football Pick'em Challenge. Join 15 free-to-play pools for your shot at $5,000 in weekly cash prizes. Head on over to DraftKings.com slash Coors Light. Pick them now to join in on the action. Coors Light, perfect shot of refreshment. 21 years or older, terms and conditions, and other eligibility restrictions. They do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. For usual, please drink responsibly. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Beeson, the Sports Bank Network. Great to be joined by Eli Hershkovich, a good friend of mine and a guy that does absolutely amazing work over there at the line. Taking a look at... A little bit of everything. I know that you, much like myself, very excited for the college basketball season, and you, much like <laughs> myself, love you some football and some baseball. So great to have you aboard tonight. Thank you. Yeah, good to talk to you, Greg. Pump for college basketball, of course. You know I got some prep going on for that with my power ratings and everything else over at thelines.com. But, of course, still in the baseball and still in the NFL mode. Absolutely. And let's, before we take a look at the series as a whole, look at the loan game that we've got for Friday. Talked about this a little bit in the last segment, but I certainly do think that this is going to be a pivotal game with Joe Musgrove going for the Padres, Ranger Suarez on the bump for the Philadelphia Phillies. And I think it's very strange that Ranger Suarez has been significantly worse at home than he has been on the road. As a matter of fact, his ERA is a full point higher when he's at home versus on the road. Does that factor into your handicap in this spot? Because you know that the Philly crowd is going to be rocking, but I take a look at Joe Musgrove, and I just have a tough time fading him in this spot because of how terrific he has been down the stretch. Yeah, and he's been great in the playoffs, too. You go back to the Mets game where the Padres got the best of New York in game three. He was dominant. New York made the case that he was using some sort of substance to get through that one, but it was just, you know, just the Mets hitters not performing and Musgrove and the Padres offense on NOLA has been great for, for San Diego, their catcher. And he, he got the best of his brother back in game two. But yeah, I don't really take into account Musgrove's road splits. I don't really take into account pitcher splits, Greg, when it comes to home splits versus away splits. I'm really looking at trying to find the advantage when it comes to, okay, what can this offense, what can this pitcher do well in, in terms of a metric, in terms of run value, via fan graphs and other metrics on baseball savant that I kind of factor into my handicap handicapping along with the number itself. So Musgrove on the road doesn't really concern me. I'm looking at San Diego on the money line priced at minus 107 at a pick them right now, a pretty good number with, for a pitcher that's been great in the playoffs and a Phillies team that yes, their offense has been clicking at the right time and they got some lucky breaks going back to game two before San Diego's offense caught fire in the fifth inning and beyond. But I think this is a tough matchup here against a, a really good pitcher in Musgrove and a Phillies team that does struggle against the slider, which is Musgrove's favorite pitch. Yep, I agree with you. I like the Padres in this spot as well. I do give a little bit of credence to the over as well, just because I think that Musgrove is going to be able to do his thing, but this is a Phillies lineup that they've got really the most variance in the league. And I think that that's what makes this just a little bit of a tricky series to be able to evaluate and when they want to do a little bit more game to game, because with the Philadelphia Phillies, 
Guys like Kyle Schwarber, guys like Reese Hoskins, they've got tremendous power. I mean, we shot, we saw Kyle Schwarber hit a ball that I don't think has landed yet in San Diego, but at the same time, he's only got three hits here in the postseason as well, which I think it makes taking a look at Phillies games just a little bit interesting because on any given night, you could have the Phillies put up a touchdown, but on any given night as well, you could have the Phillies get shut out as well. Yeah, I mean, looking at numbers and what, when it comes to you know metrics we look at, Greg, like FIP, and XFIP and XERA in terms of what the pitcher can control versus variance. I mean, variance isn't just for baseball. It's across all sports, but variance came into play back for the Phillies in game two when they did put up the four spot in the second inning because Blake Snell was pitching really well, and he did pitch well over over the course of five innings, but the Phillies were able to get some broken bats. You saw Soto lose the ball in the sun, and I think it was Profar misplay a ball in left field that he either could have dove for or if he ran it a little harder, could have caught, and that dropped around in front of him for another run. So that probably should have been by the end of the inning. Phillies 1-0, Phillies 2-0. Obviously, like I mentioned a little bit ago, the Padres offense picked him up. But you're right. When it comes to variance, it doesn't always have to be runs that shouldn't have been scored. It could just be on a game-by-game basis where the Phillies offense shows up or it doesn't show up. But I do like San Diego's bats as well. It's not like they're bad against lefties or righties. They pretty much have and even uh, in terms of the weighted runs created plus both ways against either pitcher, a southpaw or a right-handed starter. And that also, you know, applies to bullpen too. So I don't really take into account again, like home versus away splits for starting pitchers versus individual batters. But I do look into that sort of stuff when it comes to variance and also what plays into variance. Again, what the pitcher could control for Musgrove. It's his favorite pitch in the slider that the Phillies aren't great at. Yep, I agree. And the one home and road split that I do take a look at is the San Diego Padres offense, just because when you play in Petco Park, your offense is not going to be as prevalent as when you leave Petco Park and for the Padres, right around five runs per game on the road, more like 3.7 runs per game at home. And I think that makes perfect sense when you take a look at the ballpark that they play in. So I'm with you. I do like the Padres in this spot. And then when it comes to Astros versus Yankees, we're a little bit unsure as to who the Astros are going to be trotting out there. It's not officially listed as Garrett Cole going for the New York Yankees, but let's call it what it is. If Garrett Cole is not going for the New York Yankees, it's going to be a shock to every one of us, and the Yankees might as well just start making tea times right now. But in terms of this series, I really feel like the Yankees, it's going to be a do-or-die game for them in Game 3. And quite frankly, I think that the Astros very rightfully the favorite to win the World Series. But in terms of the New York Yankees, I think that their lone hope is Garrett Cole going out there, throwing seven-plus scoreless settings, much like he did against the Cleveland Guardians, give it a good performance because the Astros, they just look so dominant right now. Their pitching depth, I think, is just far superior to anyone left in the playoffs right now. And I take a look at the Yankees. I think that there's a good chance that they could be able to win Game 3, but I think there's a chance that we might see a gentleman sweep in this series. I agree with you from a pitching standpoint, Greg. Houston's pitching has been fantastic throughout the playoffs so far. Going back to the 18-inning game against the Mariners <laughs> in Game 3 of ALDS, both sides. George Kirby, I think his strikeout prop in that game was 3.5, and, and he cleared that by a mile. But offensively, I kind of question that. Not that you were saying that Houston was particular dominant in the lineup so far, but that's been a bit of an issue for the Astros so far in the postseason is scoring runs. And granted, the judge near home run tonight went to bet a home run in any other ballpark with the exception of, of Yankee Stadium, but they were probably, the Astros were, probably about a foot away from losing that game tonight if Judge ended up uh, hitting the two-run home run and, and taking the lead by maybe getting a little more barrel on the ball. And Severino was also pretty solid beyond the Bregman home run to give him credit. Yankees turned a great double play in the seventh that, that probably kept another run off the board for Houston. But again, Houston's lineup, and especially Jose Altuve, has not impressed me. So if Cole's able to shut down this Houston offense going into game three, which you would expect the way he's pitched so far, it seems like he's had a little bit of motivation, especially after the way the last postseason went one game for the Yankees uh, going back to Fenway Park in, in 2021, where the Red Sox took him and and I think once by at least four runs, four or five runs in that wild card game. But regardless, going back to this series, if the Yankees staff, can pitch like it has over the first two games and you get those home runs in right field that are to home run in any, any other ballpark, but Yankee stadium, 
I think New York can hang around in this series. I don't think it's over just yet, Greg. And I think the biggest thing for the New York Yankees as well is that Jose Altuve, who you mentioned, is right now 0 of 23, the double play that he had into in game two, literally makes it to where a statue would have been able to give you better at-bats tonight rather than Jose Altuve. So that is a little bit of an issue. And if we do get the Astros in the World Series, because right now they're up 2-0 to zero and Let's call it what it is. They are the favorite in the betting market to be able to win the World Series. Who do you think will match up a little bit better if we do get there, the Padres or the Phillies? It's a good question. I'd probably lean San Diego, and I'd probably also bet San Diego on a game-by-game basis. I think when you had me on a, the last time a couple weeks ago, Greg, we were talking about betting series in general versus betting game-by-game. and. And, and that's sort of a series where you get Blake Snell against an Astros lineup that, yes, has hit lefties pretty well. But at, on top of that, you're going to get a pretty good price with that sort of a pitcher if you rather not go Snell because of the way the Astros have hit lefties so far this season. Granted, they haven't hit so well overall in the postseason, but going back to the regular season, could go with Darvish instead, could go with Musgrove, uh, depending on how I need to dig into it a little bit more, how the Astros match up against the slider and Obviously, they hit fastballs. A lot of the elite lineups in baseball hit fastballs, which is Musgrove's secondary pitch. So I would probably like to see the Astros in that sort of a, or the Padres in that sort of a scenario over the over the Phillies, even though you have Nola, you have Wheeler, two aces that you could back at probably plus money in Houston if they're the one game one and two starters in that potential World Series. But I would still probably like to back Padres because I do think their bats to your point earlier in terms of the variance that you get with this Phillies lineup from time to time a little bit more trustworthy with San Diego's bats. Yep and certainly getting Josh Hader back to being what he was prior to his struggles midseason that is big as well and coming up next there is no struggle when it comes to the NFL it is always fun to take a look on that front and we're going to be joined by Eli to take a look at some of this week's big big games here on VEASAN Esports Bank Network. Experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Ball sports are in full swing, and Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you're a football, hockey, basketball, or baseball fan, Bet Rivers has you covered. Join us every week for new promotions like the Tuesday Hockey First Goal Scorer Insurance. Friday night college football bet plus get and Sunday night football parlay insurance and so much more. Head on over to betrivers.com or download the BetRivers app today as it is a whole new game. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network, being rejoined by Eli Hershkovich. He does great work over there at the Lions and we talked a little baseball in the last segment. Let's touch upon a little bit of football now and no doubt, big news of the night, Christian McCaffrey, he gets traded from the Carolina Panthers, and he is going to the San Francisco 49ers, and how does this affect your outlook on both of these teams? Because something I was touching upon a little bit more is that I think that this is tremendous for the 49ers, given that he is able to stay healthy, but it doesn't necessarily affect my outlook for them in game number one, just because fresh body probably doesn't know the playbook quite as much, but moving forward in terms of more of the futures market affects me rather than week seven. Yeah, no, I'm with you, Greg. And just overall, full body of work for San Francisco in the futures market. Their Super Bowl odds before the deal was plus 1,800, dipped as low to plus 1,000, and then back up to plus 1,400 pretty much everywhere across the board. So obviously made an impact in the futures market and the way odds makers had to adjust that. And I'm sure they took maybe a couple bets that made that number dip down. But I, the one sports book that went to plus a thousand probably adjusted it back up because they realized it was too low of an adjustment. Yeah. But over to San Francisco in terms of a, a lineup standpoint, personnel standpoint, what Kyle Shanahan does offensively with that zone rushing scheme, the 49ers right now, before they acquire Christian McCaffrey, have the eighth lowest rushing EPA. So expected points added. You can go over to over to the lines.com if you want to check out how rushing EPA and EPA overall impacts the way I handicap games and other betters handicap games too. But regardless, essentially, the 49ers struggle with their efficiency on the ground. So McCaffrey should help a lot with his elusiveness. He also adds a lot in the passing game. And now you add Jeff Jeff Wilson, who was explosive, had some 
big runs for the 49ers this season, like the explosive run against the Rams that got them on the board first back, what was that, two, three weeks ago on Monday Night Football. The big thing, though, for this week for me, Greg, it's not really about McCaffrey against the Chiefs, is it's how healthy San Francisco is on the defensive side of the ball because guys like Armstead and a couple other pieces likely aren't going to play on Sunday. So if you aren't able to get a pass rush, granted, we've seen how how dominant Patrick Mahomes is when he's outside of the pocket. But if you aren't able to put a consistent pass rush on Mahomes, we're able to actually get to him and and blitz effectively or, or get pressure with with your front four, which the 49ers do so well, then you're going to have a tough time covering. And Chuck Ward, one of the better cornerbacks, former chief actually, uh, I don't believe is going to suit up in this game either for San Francisco. So McCaffrey might make a difference offensively for the 49ers, but defensively, I think they're going to have a tough time matching up against Mahomes and the Chiefs' explosive offense. Yep, and you can insert whatever you team want, whatever team you want there, and say is going to struggle against Patrick Mahomes, and I think that it would be a relatively true statement because that guy is just absolutely tremendous. And well, if you're taking a look at a quarterback spot that isn't necessarily so tremendous, that'd be that of the Washington Commanders. And I know that we both have a mutual play on this game. I'm someone from the great state of Wisconsin, but I've been fading the Packers quite a bit this season. Right now with the Packers, find them in most spots anywhere between about a 4.5 to a 5-point favorite. Rockley enough, this line has actually went down a little bit ever since Carson Wentz got ruled out. And I can't say that I disagree. I recognize that Taylor Heineke is probably not going to be the quarterback that takes Washington to the promised land, but I just cannot trust in this Green Bay Packers team right now, and I feel like you're in lockstep with me on this one. Yeah, this was one of my bets. Unfortunately, I didn't hit with the Saints tonight. Pre-game, I did bet them live. Second half line, that is. So split on the day, lost a little bit of big, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But the, the commanders are my only other bet currently. A couple other bets that I have lined up for week seven that I'm probably going to add to the card. But commanders plus five, I, I locked in last night, Greg. And we are in lockstep for this game. Number one, like you mentioned, Heineke is somewhat of an upgrade. He's still at a bottom five, bottom six drop back EPA going to the collective amount of starts that he accumulated 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 last season. So it's not like he was, you know, even top 20 last year in drop back EPA, essentially how efficient you are as a quarterback and drop back EPA plus composite um, CPOE completion percentage over expected also demonstrates that if you want to dive into some more metrics, he wasn't an efficient quarterback in, in the starts that he made last year for, for the Washington football team. Now the commanders, but it's still an upgrade over Wentz considering Wentz's issues in the pocket and outside of the pocket where he was holding on to the ball for way too long. On the other side of the ball for the Packers defense, while they have gotten a lot of pressure on opposing quarterbacks, this team going back to when Joe Barry was hired initially as the defensive coordinator for the Packers, they are bottom in the league, dead last in the NFL in opponents rushing EPA. So teams have been able to run all over this defense, no matter what the personnel is. And I think the commanders are able to do that, especially if they get their right tackle, who might actually move along the offensive line in Cosme. But regardless, I think the I think Brian Robinson uh, and Gibson and the rest of this Washington backfield is able to have an efficient day on the ground because of the, the stat I just mentioned and just how exposable this Packers run D is right now and over the last season plus. And then on for, for the for the commander's defense, you're talking about a Washington defensive front that gets a ton of pressure on the quarterback. And this is a Packers offensive line that has failed to protect Aaron Rodgers that well. And then you factor in the thumb injury, uh, considering it did get a little more banged up after the Jets were able to get pressure last week. So I think on both sides of the ball, even though the, even though the Packers can get pressure in their own right on Heineke, I, I think the Commanders have an advantage here, and that's why I bet the plus five. I think they're going to be live in this game to hand the Packers a third straight loss, potentially. Yeah, it's been a rough season, to say the least, for the Green Bay Packers, and that wide receiver court just has not been able to get on the same page with Aaron Rodgers, and it's been tough to be able to get on the same page with the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterbacks thus far, whether it be Mitchell Trubisky or whether it be Kenny Pickett out there as the Steelers are going to be going on the road against the Miami Dolphins. And this is a line that is going up because it looks like we're going to get Tua Tagovailoa out there for the Miami Dolphins, which and is going to be big for them. I would say 
Keep on checking updates just to make sure you do get that. But right now it is trending that way. And as a result, the Miami Dolphins, they went from a six-point favorite to a seven-point favorite with a lot of juice on those sevens as well. Where do you stand in terms of Steelers versus Miami? Because I absolutely love Mike Tomlin as coach. I just feel like he's got one of the worst rosters in the NFL right now, though. Yeah, I'm with you, Greg. And this is one that I, I actually used the Dolphins as a teaser leg. And I don't think it makes for a bad a bad teaser leg right now, especially with that seven, even if it gets up to seven and a half, gets up to eight. Maybe it doesn't get up to eight, but let's just say seven and a half for the sake of the conversation. Yep, you go down the eight. seven and the three. Right. You, you, you're able to tease down under the key number of three, which is really important, like you mentioned. So I, I think with Tua and this Dolphins offense, I think they're able to exploit uh, a Steelers defense that is still banged up in the secondary and you go back to last week with that Steelers win over the box. I was on Pittsburgh at plus nine and a half. I was trying to wait for a 10 on Sunday. Didn't get there, but th- it was a great spot for, for Pittsburgh considering it's the Tom one rah, rah spot, uh, how he's able to get his team riled up for an underdog situation. And there's, it was also a sleepy spot for Tampa Bay, even though they didn't get past the, the Falcons the week prior in you know, at double-digit fashion, that was also the Grady Jarrett play that helped the Bucs win that game outright. But Steelers were able to win uh, outright against the Bucs, and I think this is a spot here where the market may be giving them a little too much credit for that win over Tampa Bay. And Miami's offense, like I mentioned with Tua back especially, is able to uh, move up and down the field and at least pick up a, you know, a 10-point win over Pittsburgh. But for the teaser's sake, I, I think Miami at least wins this game outright. Yep, and this is going to be another game that is going to be in a lot of teasers as well. So we've got about a minute for this one. Bears versus Patriots. Patriots, they started out a six-point favorite. They're up to an eight. And I know that you're someone that you've got Illinois in your veins, but this is not a spot where I want to be taking the Bears. I don't know if you're willing to fire in on them, but I want no part of Chicago. Well, might be, Greg. Haven't pulled the trigger yet, but it's up to eight and a half. So I, I was looking into it earlier today, and I think, well, Justin Fields was very inefficient last week, but they also were able to move the ball up and down against Washington. They just couldn't produce in the red zone. And granted, the Patriots' defense has played a lot better of late, but that zone is still exploitable. I need to dig into the numbers a little bit more with Fields versus man-to-man coverage against, uh, or in terms of how efficient he is versus that sort of a, sort of a defense versus a, a zone defense. But I think the Bears are live in this game to at least cover uh, especially if this spread keeps ticking up. We saw money tick up for the Bucks on the road at Pittsburgh, a game we just mentioned. I, I'm curious to see with Mac Jones back, most likely for the Patriots, where this line goes. But Bears are in consideration for, for me as a bet, depending on where the number goes. Yeah, but I think that that quarterback situation is interesting since Bailey's happy and Relief has been able to do a nice job. And you always lend great relief on this show as well, Eli. Always do appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, Greg. Great, to get, always. great to get Eli Hershkovich of the Lions on the show. And coming up next, we're going to give you guys a nice little college basketball preview as we go to the Valley here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. 
Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo. Play. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. VSN Pro subscribers get access to the best betting talent in the game. If you have not subscribed yet, VSN has a mid-season offer to make you a smarter better. Sign up now for just seventy-nine dollars and get VSN Pro access. All the way through the Super Bowl, you'll get everything that VEASAN has to offer, including 24-7 live shows and subscriber-only guides to the College Bowl season and the Super Bowl. All for less than the normal monthly rate, you'll also get VEASAN subscriber-only prep guides, see NHL, NBA, World Cup, and so much more. It is the best bet in the game. $99 for VEASAN Pro now through the Super Bowl. You're able to sign up at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Always a pleasure to be joined by Eli Yershkovich. Does great work over there at the Lions. Covers a little bit of everything. And I know that he, much like myself, is going to be on his game when it comes to the start of the college basketball season. That is both of our favorite sports. We have a lot to talk about in terms of game-to-game action, in terms of the NFL, MLB, list goes on and on. But have no fear, once we get into college basketball season, we're going to be talking about that with him as well. And since we weren't able to get in college basketball in the last segment, we will serve that market in this segment, and in the final hour, we're going to be touching upon a little NBA. We're going to be touching upon some UFC, so we're hitting all the sports tonight, and tonight we go out to the Missouri Valley Conference. On this show, the last few weeks, we've been doing some conference previews, and we've been taking a look at just a wide variety of them, and today it is the rally in the Missouri Valley, a very different Missouri Valley Conference because Gone are the days of loyal Chicago laying waste everyone and they welcome in really a pair of teams that are going to be leaving the Ohio Valley Conference in just completed under disarray as Belmont and Murray State, two teams that completely ran the Ohio Valley Conference. They joined the fold and if you take a look at the preseason poll that we saw for the Missouri Valley Conference, the media poll, which I don't necessarily put a lot of stock into that. I'm going to be 100% honest with you, but they rated... Belmont as the number six team in this conference and Murray State as the number eight team in this conference. I can tell you right now, Murray State is not going to be ranking number eight. Now with Belmont, I think that they're more like a top five team, but I could see them having a little bit of a struggle to begin the season as they are dealing with quite a bit of transition as this is a Belmont team that, by the way, they have won 19 straight games, I believe now 12 straight seasons. This team has been an absolute flamethrower. I actually take that back. 17 straight seasons for Belmont, winning at least 19 games. So they've been able to do an absolutely tremendous job on that front. But I do think that with Belmont, it is going to be a little bit of a fall for them. I myself have them right now pretty much at a 5A, 5B, along with Missouri State, which I think it's going to be very intriguing to see how they come back as well. But something that you always want to take a look at in college basketball are ordeals like this because you do have these two teams that are joining the conference and we see a lot of versatility or we see a lot of volatility when it comes to teams joining into a new conference. Like we saw with, for, to use a team that went from the D2 level to the D1 level, a team in Merrimack in which they won the conference in year number one during that COVID 2019-20 season. They wouldn't have been able to go to the NCAA tournament anyway, but they won that conference regular season. It was absolutely incredible. And then you saw with a team like Eastern Kentucky last season, which they went from the Ohio Valley Conference where they were actually quite solid they, in my opinion, took a step down in terms of competition, and they went over to the Atlantic Sun, and in the Atlantic Sun, they just had a stink burger. I mean, it was very, very weird to see, and I think that what is big in terms of this is that the Missouri Valley Conference is always a very slow league. Very often, you're going to be finding a whole bunch of teams in which 
They're going to be struggling to really get past like 65 or so points, but you know that there's going to be a whole bunch of lockdown defense, and I think that that's a very intriguing element of this because UIC is also going to be coming into the Missouri Valley Conference to make this a 12-team conference, and with UIC, sort of an in-the-middle team, but if you know their coach in Luke Yaklich, he was really the defensive mastermind when Michigan was able to make the national title game a few seasons ago. I think that they're going to be very much fitting in with sort of the lay of the land in this conference. But what I think is going to be very fascinating is to see how some of these teams with new coaches are going to be faring as well. Illinois State, they relieved Dan Muller of his duties a few seasons ago. So we got a little bit of regime change there. And for Evansville, this is a rough program. You may recall that during the 2018-19 season, Evansville had one of the biggest upsets that we've seen in quite a long time. Actually, I think it might have been the 2019-20 season, but they knocked off Kentucky on the road, and then from there, zoom, they went straight down the toilet bowl as, man, a little bit of a indiscretion with regards to the coaching controversies. Walter McCarty, he was the coach for that team, and then you had like Benny Seltzer take over, and then Todd Licklider took over, and for Walter McCarty, he got off to a 9-4 and start for Evansville during that 2019-20 season. And then our good friends Seltzer and Licklider want to combine 0-19 from there. Licklider got the job full-time in the last two seasons. He's want to combine 15 games, so they decided to make a change. They're going to be looking to an assistant from Butler to be able to take over the reins there. And it's for a team that they ranked in the bottom towards of the country in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. They weren't really able to put the ball in the basket. And you notice that with quite a few of these teams. And that's why, in my opinion, you really have to be putting a premium on this team, the Drake Bulldogs. And those of you guys at Pet College Basketball, you know exactly why I'm highlighting the Drake Bulldogs because they were the top cover team in all of college basketball a few seasons. You go back to that 2018-19 season, 23-7-2 against the spread. Now, they were overvalued last year, and you were able to find good money in fading Drake last season, but in two out of the last four seasons, this team has been in the top five in terms of cover rate because they're in the 2020-21 season, 21-8 and eight against the spread. They are the only team in all of college basketball that in two out of the last four years found themselves in the top eight in terms of cover rate. They have been relatively consistent ever since you had the DeVries sort of coaching regime takeover, and they've been able to do a tremendous job on this front end. They're a team that I think is going to be able to bounce back after they were relatively bad against the spread because the son, Tucker DeVries, he is now in the fold. He, as a freshman, was the team's top scorer, but they dealt with all sorts of injuries. Roman Penn was on himself. He shot 22.5% from three-point range. You could tell that he was never really able to get right. They were having to transition from not necessarily getting what they were expecting out of the low post play as Shaquan Emphill. He was a big reason why they made the NCAA tournament and that they have to turn the page from there, but they bring up back a guy, DJ Turn It Up Wilkins, who's able to shoot it from three-point range. Darnell Brody, he's able to give you right around seven rebounds per game. So I do think that that is going to be good for this team. And the team that I really think is going to offer the most value for you in this conference, that'd be Indiana State. And the reason why I think that Indiana State is going to be able to offer you a lot of value is that I just mentioned it with this Missouri Valley Conference. Perennially, super-duper slow. It's a whole bunch of old guys because every single one of these teams, they're looking to have like fifth-year guys, sixth-year guys, fourth-year guys. They're looking to have all that. And for Indiana State, they're a little bit of an older school. But with that said, you bring in the coach of Lincoln Memorial two seasons ago, and Josh Schertz, he brings in... Pretty much the All-America D2 team from a few seasons ago as Govissier McCauley, who was spending the last two seasons at DePaul. He, when he last played for him at Lincoln Memorial a few seasons ago, put up 20 points, six and a half boards, a job 43.5% from three-point range. He comes in. They were already having a few guys like Xavier Bledson, who had followed from the D2 level, coming in as well. And then they bring in a couple D2 All-Americans from last season as well, like Caden McKnight. He comes in from D2 Truman State. He's six foot nine and he popped threes at over a 40% clip. Cameron Henry, he was a guy that terrorized teams at the D2 level as well. Julian Larry, he's someone that should be able to help out this team as well. So I take a look at all these guys coming in, and I think that that's absolutely massive. And what I think is important to highlight is that with Indiana State, they had to play a little bit slower last year out of necessity because there were some games in which Indiana State only had six healthy guys 
Hard to go to super up-tempo when you've got a lot of that. But if you take a look at Josh Schertz and what he did at Lincoln Memorial, in five out of his last six years on campus, they scored at least 80 points per contest. This is a team that they're very willing to gun it, and you saw that quite a bit in non-conference play. When it came to conference play, they had COVID-19 hurt them quite a bit. They had quite a few guys sidelined during that Omnichrome variant, which I was very strange, but it led to them having to play a little bit of a different style. Now that you've really got Josh Schertz, his guys, you've got exactly what they want in there. For one, I think that they're going to be able to do a solid job in terms of an against a spread standpoint because they're just going to be throwing at the Missouri Valley Conference, something that they haven't seen before. While everyone is zigging, they are going to be zagging, and I think that is actually going to work out very well. As a matter of fact, I do think that Indiana State, they're going to be able to get out of the cellar, unlike last season, but I do think that it is going to add a little bit of a new element, bringing in newer teams like UIC, Belmont, along with Murray State. I do think that you're going to see a little bit more of an up-tempo style of play, a perennially under-conference in Missouri Valley. I do think that you're going to see more scoring. I think that this could be a rare year where you do see the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament involve games that teams are able to break out of the 50s for. So I do think that that's a big takeaway that you've got to have with the Missouri Valley Conference. And we've had a little bit of a takeaway here in number number two of the Greg Peterson Experience for our pro tip. You're able to get one every single hour of live programming on Visa. Visa.com slash subscribe for all of them. And when it comes to the futures market, it can be a little bit overreactionary due to news. We saw this with the San Francisco 49ers after the Christian McCaffrey trade. They went from 18 to 1 in the odds board to win the Super Bowl down to 10 to 1. It has settled in at 14 to 1. So don't always take the first number that you see. And coming up in the final hour of the Greg Peterson experience, looking at my Circa Millions picks for this week here on VSIN, Esports Bank Network. The Bet River Sportsbook app has a huge number of live streaming events every day. Bet River Sportsbook has great offers, including a $250 match bonus on your first deposit, and all bonuses are only one time playthrough. Amazing offers and great customer service makes Bet Rivers your hometown sportsbook. Must be 21 or own sportsbook. Must be 21 or own sportsbook. Must be 21 or own sportsbook. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought. In that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.